Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. Get smarter about things like saving on travel, because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancier dinner, too. Boosting your credit score, since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. And saving for an emergency fund, because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Peter Schiff Show. Before I get into the topic for this particular podcast, I want to welcome everybody listening on Voices of Liberty. The Peter Schiff Show podcast is now uh, one of the Voices of Liberty. And if you don't already know about Voices of Liberty, let me encourage you to check it out. Uh, Voices of Liberty is a platform amplifying the message of liberty from both established leaders and up-and-comers in the freedom movement. They regularly cover topics like police militarization, the war on drugs, Obamacare, Austrian economics, internet freedom, and libertarian principles. Liberty is spreading like wildfire, hopefully, in the United States, and the Voices of Liberty is helping to get the message out there. So check them out, voicesofliberty.com, which now features the Peter Schiff Show podcast. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Bitcoin, uh, an angle that I don't really think anybody has mentioned, and that is tax loss selling. And... Tax loss selling has not been something that maybe the Bitcoin community has got to deal with in the past because up until this year, really nobody had a loss in Bitcoin because Bitcoin uh, was only going higher. Well, in 2014, Bitcoin was about the worst performing financial asset on the planet. Bitcoin started the year just above 800, and as I'm recording, the price is 350. So you're looking at more than a 50% decline in the value of Bitcoins. And of course, late uh, 2013, you had Bitcoins trading above $1,100 apiece. So for people who bought them up there, there are substantial losses that can be realized. Now, a lot of people didn't understand that when you spend your Bitcoins, you are engaging in a taxable event. I mean, if you bought Bitcoins a few years ago, if you were fortunate enough Uh, smart enough or lucky enough, depending on your perspective, to have bought Bitcoins on the cheap, of course, when you sell them or you exchange them through a transaction, those are taxable events. And the IRS expects you to pay income taxes. So if you bought your Bitcoins for $10 and you spend them when they're worth $350, that is a gain that uh, the IRS expects you to report and you to pay taxes on it. But it also works the other way around. If you bought your Bitcoins at $1,000 and you spend them or sell them today with the value at $350, that $650 is a taxable loss. Now, assuming that somebody who owns Bitcoins doesn't also have any other capital gains, you're allowed to write off up to $3,000 of losses against your ordinary income, your wages and salaries. Any excess would need to be carried over to the following tax year, and then you can use another $3,000. But there are probably a lot of people out there who, you know, only purchased one, two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 worth of Bitcoins, so their losses would certainly be within the $3,000. 
and they would be able to take their loss on their tax return for 2014. Certainly, there's an added benefit for people who are spending their Bitcoin. Let's say you're going to one of the numerous uh, vendors out there that allows you through Coinbase or BitPay to use your Bitcoins to do your Christmas shopping. You've got the added benefit of harvesting tax losses while you shop. And in fact, for many people, depending on their tax bracket, the value of the tax deduction will probably exceed the cost of the merchandise. For example, if you bought your Bitcoin at 1000 and you buy something uh, on Overstock and you spend your Bitcoin, let's say you buy $350 worth of stuff, which is one Bitcoin, well, it costs you $350, but you have a $650 tax write-off. So depending on your bracket, it's possible that the value of that tax write-off exceeds the cost of your Christmas gift. In other words, you do your Christmas shopping for free when you pay with Bitcoin because in addition to getting a gift for your friend, you get a tax write-off for yourself. Now, some people might say, well, yes, I want the tax write-off, but I also want my Bitcoin. Well, you can wait 30 days and buy your Bitcoins back. Now, some people might think, well, what if the price of Bitcoin goes up? It might. But it's probably not going to go up as much as the value of your tax write-off. So even if you sell your Bitcoins at $350 and buy them back at $450, you're still better off because you were able to take the benefit of that tax loss. Of course, the Bitcoin price could drop. Maybe Bitcoins will go down to $250 and you'll be able to buy them back cheaper and you'll get not only the tax loss, but the ability to buy them cheaper. If you don't want to take that risk, if you're really afraid of Bitcoin going uh, going uh, up, you could, of course, uh, double up, although it's too late to do that now. But maybe some people did that earlier in the year. They doubled up on their Bitcoins. So if you own uh, one Bitcoin, you buy another Bitcoin, then you wait 30 days and then you sell the first one that you bought and then you harvest your tax loss. Of course, the risk you take there is uh, the price goes down and you, you now have twice the exposure to Bitcoins. But, you know, if you're so worried about the price going up now, some people might have done that already. It's too late to do that now, because if you buy now, this is uh, in mid-December. Uh, if you had to wait 30 days, you'd be into the next tax year. And so you wouldn't be able to take the tax write off uh, in t- for the 2014 year. But I think a lot of people are going to be motivated to take a tax loss, especially people who bought Bitcoin, but who also maybe bought stocks. A lot of people who bought U.S. stocks have gains. If they sold any U.S. stocks this year, they've realized gains. If they also own Bitcoins and they're losing money in Bitcoin, and of course, just about everybody who bought Bitcoins this year is losing money. In fact, the majority of people who own Bitcoins are losing money. Because most people didn't buy a few years ago. I'd say most of the people who own Bitcoins bought them starting in late 2013, uh, early 2014. So they're sitting on these big losses. If they also have gains that they realize in the stock market, they can sell their Bitcoin and they can offset their stock market gains with their Bitcoin losses. And there, there is no $3,000 limit. You can, you know, if you have $50,000 worth of gains in the stock market, if you happen to invest 100000 in Bitcoin and you have 50000 in losses, you can liquidate your Bitcoin and pay no income taxes on the 50000 gain in the, the stock market. The reason I'm even bringing this up, too, is because this is really unprecedented for Bitcoin because Bitcoin has never had to face tax loss selling. So this is going to be the first year 
that it occurs, and my bet would be if there's going to be a lot of tax loss selling, you're going to see it between now and the end of the year because you have to sell before the end of the year. And I think the fact that a lot of people are going to be shopping, looking for good deals, looking for gifts to the extent that they have bitcoins, now is the time to spend them because in addition to buying the gift, you give yourself the gift of the, the tax credit. And you can always buy your bitcoins back as long as you rate 30 days. The idea is if you, if you do it in less than 30 days, the IRS is going to rule it a wash sale. And that would mean that you would not be able to, um, to take the losses on your Bitcoin. You know, one way I think to kill two birds with one stone, if you have enough money in Bitcoin, is use your Bitcoins to buy gold or silver. Uh, you know, we will accept Bitcoins through BitPay at Shift Gold. And so the added benefit of buying gold and silver right now and using your Bitcoins to pay for your gold and silver, as opposed to using your dollars, is that as you're taking advantage of the cheap gold price with gold around $1,230 I mean, an ounce right now, uh, but you also get your tax loss uh, from selling your, your Bitcoin. And that tax loss will help offset the cost of buying your gold or silver. Uh, so a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking in terms of tax losses with respect to their Bitcoin, but you have them. But from a market perspective, since this is going to be brand new, there probably is a lot of downside risk uh, in Bitcoin between now and the end of the year as more people begin to realize that they do have tax losses in Bitcoin and that they might as well harvest them now and use them to shelter their wage income or offset the capital gains that they have elsewhere. And if you get a, a, a significant amount of uh, tax loss selling, where is the buying going to come from to offset that? I mean, if you get a big increase in selling pressure, uh, is there any offsetting buying pressure? I don't think so, because again, the holiday season, People are going to want to shop anyway. They're going to want to spend their money anyway, which should include Bitcoins. You've also got the added pressure of tax loss selling. Where is the new wave of buying going to come from to support the price between now and the end of the year? So my guess would be that if you are thinking about doing some tax loss selling in Bitcoin, I would, I would not wait until the end of the year. I would, I would be selling now because I think there is some significant downside risk. So I think the people that sell now will actually get a double benefit. Not only will they get to write off their Bitcoin losses on their 2014 tax return, but they will also get to buy back the Bitcoins that they sold. If that's what they want to do, they'll be able to buy them back, I believe, for less money. You know, there is some technical support around 325-ish, and I think we take that out, there's some more support around 300. Remember, that was where that guy that they labeled the bear whale or whatever they called him, there was a guy that had a huge sell order for Bitcoin at uh, 300, and he just left it there in the market, and uh, they did take him out. So there's probably some more psychological support at 300, but if we could take 300 out, I don't know, maybe 250 or maybe 200, something like that, before you know there might be some... Uh, some more buyers coming into the market. But, you know, again, the the psychology, the technical damage to the market uh, was severe. But, you know, this is a good, um, you know, example of, you know, how markets work. Because, again, I said Bitcoin was the worst performing financial asset. 
in 2014. It was the best performing financial asset in 2013. And of course, when people jump to conclusions based on recent performance, whether it's, oh, oil is down, so it's going to stay down forever, or Bitcoins were up, they're going to go up forever, you know, it doesn't work that way. But people often get fooled and caught up in the hysteria of the moment, whether it's uh, some, an asset price rising too high or, or falling too low, people like to jump to conclusions that what they're uh, experiencing at the moment is some kind of permanent change in what has been happening. Instead of looking at it as purely a market-driven phenomena, uh, a technical, a psychological a development that's likely to be short-lived. And I also think that 2015 uh, could be a particularly difficult year for Bitcoin as well, especially if uh, we get a rally in, in gold. Because I think one of the reasons that Bitcoin became so popular in 2013 was because that was the big down year for gold. Remember, gold is actually up. Uh, in 2014, as opposed to Bitcoin that is down more than 50%. But in 2013, that's when gold had its big down year. And that's when Bitcoin really, you know, rose to prominence as a viable alternative for people who were worried about fiat currencies, worried about the dollar, the euro, the yen, pick your currency, people are worried about it. And gold wasn't providing the hedge that people had expected because the price of gold had gone down. Of course, it had gone up so much in the years before, it was more of a timing issue than some kind of flaw in gold. But because people were not perceiving the safe haven of gold, and they were seeing the increasing price of Bitcoin pretty much every day, and not just going up, but be pretty much going vertical, uh, that Bitcoin began to steal some of gold's thunder. And some of the demand for Bitcoin was because people who might have otherwise preferred gold got sidetracked. They got distracted by the quick money uh, and all of the you know, exuberance, uh, irrational exuberance in Bitcoin. But if 2015 ends up being a good year for gold, which I believe it will be, and it's starting, gold starting in the 1200s, right? Not like 17, 18, 1900. You've got plenty of upside for gold. So people who are worried about the yen or the euro or the dollar or whatever currency they, they transact in, now gold will be a much better safe haven store of value because I expect to see a, a steady increase throughout the year. And so money that maybe would have gone into Bitcoin then will go back to gold. And maybe some people who are in Bitcoin uh, who were frustrated about gold uh, will be tempted to move back to real money rather than a digital fiat currency because they're now more comfortable with the recent trend. And remember, back in you know a year ago or late 2013, early 2014, all of the stories that people heard about Bitcoin were positive, right? Everybody had made a tremendous amount of money in Bitcoin. The people who got in early, many people became millionaires and other people were attracted to uh, the get-rich-quick aspect of the digital currency. And everybody wanted to get in on the action while the action was there. And there were so many people who were afraid if they didn't buy their Bitcoins, they would miss out because people were talking about $10,000 of Bitcoin, 
$100,000 of Bitcoin. Uh, so the, the amount of profits that people were anticipating or fantasizing about were so enormous that people couldn't resist the temptation to get in on the party because they didn't want to miss out. They didn't want to be broke while everybody else was rich who was, was in Bitcoin. But clearly the bloom is off that rose, right? A year later, the hysteria has died down. And now more people are probably hearing horror stories from people who bought Bitcoins than are hearing, you know, the rags to riches tale of the guy that struck it rich, right? Because a lot more people now got in at 1,000, 900, 800, 700, 600, whatever, and now they're down. And, and so you now have this PR problem. Not only do you have people who probably want to sell to take a tax loss, or not only do you have a lot of supply above the market by people who are just hoping to get even and then, and then cash out. But, you know, this is poisoning the well. A lot of other people, instead of saying, gee, I wish I had bought Bitcoin earlier, now you're having more pe people saying, gee, I'm glad I didn't buy Bitcoin. I'm glad I dodged that bullet. You know, I'm never going to buy a digital currency. And so you've now got all this negative uh, talk and all these negative experiences that are being related that overlay the market. Uh, so I think you have a lot of that. Plus, there are still a lot of people who still have considerable profits in Bitcoin, who bought them two, three, four years ago, and they still own them. And they still, you know, if you sell your Bitcoins at 350 and you bought them at $5, that's still a huge profit. So you still have a lot of people or a smaller number of people who still own a significant number of Bitcoins who want to get rid of them. And so you have uh, that selling coming from the market. Uh, I don't see necessarily where the new buying is uh, is going to come from so I there there is a a lot of downside risk and again I think the best thing that people can do with their digital currencies Bitcoin or anything else if you're really concerned about uh, being outside of the fiat system and you want to protect yourself from inflation buy gold and silver right that that analyst from uh, Citigroup said it was in a six thousand year bubble. Well, if it's been going on for 6,000 years, it ain't a bubble. And if, it, and if the bubble's been growing for 6,000 years, chances are it's not going to burst anytime soon, right? A thousand years from now, some other idiot working at some bank, if they still exist in a thousand years, might say gold's a 7,000-year bubble. Who knows how expensive it might be a thousand years from now when this guy's great, 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 whatever grandson is writing about the gold 7,000-year bubble. But the fact that you can identify a bubble and claim it's been going on for 6,000 years has got to be some indication that it's not a bubble because there's no bubble that can withstand 6,000 years of time, right? So if something has been accepted as value for 6,000 years, maybe it's because it's not a bubble. Maybe history should teach you something, right? Although the guys at Citigroup, they, they, they can't recognize actual bubbles. The only bubble that they can recognize is the one bubble that, uh, that does not exist. But as I said, this is a great opportunity for people between now and the end of the year to kill two birds with one stone with respect to preserving your wealth and getting a pr protection from inflation. You buy gold uh, in the low 1200s and you pay for it uh, with your, your Bitcoin and you do it before the end of the year so you have a tax loss, you get money in your pocket, you might actually get a refund from the IRS and the tax savings right, that you get can also be used to reduce your cost purchase for your gold. So if you take the tax savings, potentially you could be reducing your cost of gold below 1000 who knows. But if you wait and you don't sell your Bitcoins until after January, then you got to wait a year you get, you know, then you got to apply the loss against your 2015 
taxes. And even again, even if you don't have the capital gains yet and you have more than a $3,000 loss, you can still harvest the loss and you can carry that forward. And then if you do realize a gain, well, now you have a way to shield that gain from taxes. And again, if you want your Bitcoins, you can always buy them back. And, you know, I think there's a good chance that you could buy them back a lot cheaper because I think there's a lot more downside risk in Bitcoin in the near term than upside potential. Today's financial advisors behave like pro wrestling TV commentators. They scream that the recovery is strong, debt is manageable, inflation is low, and that the Federal Reserve has everything under control. They may be oblivious, but the danger is real. Looking beyond the media hype can open a world of broader investing ideas. Euro-Pacific Capital is a registered investment advisor that offers stock-focused wealth management services that closely follow the strategy of our founder and CEO, Peter Schiff. We concentrate on those countries that are more closely in tune with Peter's vision of how capitalism is supposed to work. And these investments are not hard to find, provided you know where to look. Isn't it time you change the channel and let Euro-Pacific put a little reality back into your portfolio? If you live in the United States and have $25,000 or more to invest, call 800-727-7922. That's 800-727-7922. Non-U.S. residents access similar strategies through Euro-Pacific Bank at europacbank.com. Euro-Pacific Capital and Euro-Pacific Bank are affiliated companies.